Welcome to episode number 40 of the Better Bible Reading Podcast. I am Kevin Morris, pleased to have you with me, and Happy New Year to everybody. We are now in the year 2020, not just a new year, but a new decade that seems to carry a lot of significance for uh, many people. I don't know if I'm one of them, but it is always a little bit exciting to enter a new year because we feel like it's a it's a fresh start. It's time to start planning our resolutions, start thinking about how we want to approach this year differently or even make it even better than the last year was. And I want to just congratulate all of you because as you listen to this episode, you are going to come alongside me, I hope, in my plan to have a better year than last year. And as much as it relates to this particular podcast anyways, I'm not going to share with you every single way that I'm going to make my year better, but I do want to share with you the topic of this episode, which is my Bible reading plan strategy for the year 2020. For those of you who've been tuning into episodes that we've been doing in the past, I have been sharing with you how I want to approach this year a little bit different in terms of the kind of content that I put out on this podcast episode and on the website, betterbiblereading.com. And the main way that I'm doing that is by sharing more content, not just these podcast recordings, but video content and a more dedicated uh, written content for articles that you can find on the website. And that's all well and good. But for this episode, uh, you'll see that the way that I wanted to help you out to really start the year off in a good direction is to share with you my Bible reading plan strategy for this year and how you can be a part of that as well. So let's get our cards on the table, shall we? There is literally no shortage of Bible reading plans available. In fact, there's probably the opposite. There's probably an an overabundance of plans. In some ways, that is crippling to us because we can tend to really just overthink the concept of reading our Bibles to the point that we feel like it's all about technique, it's all about approach. But on the other hand, if we just simply reject Bible reading plans in the hopes that our reading is going to be somewhat more, oh, shall we say, organic or somewhat more unique, we really are our own worst enemy because how well we're doing is going to be as sporadic as our mood changes, our desires, or just how we're thinking about things on any particular day. I could read 20 chapters one day and two verses the next day, read nothing the following four days, and, you know, it's just all over the place. And that's not good because we want to have a steady diet of God's Word. If you've spent any time with me on these podcasts or reading any of the articles I've put out last year, you'll know that I am a huge advocate of reading your Bible consistently and getting a steady diet of the Bible because we are supposed to do our best in approaching the Bible to know the content, to understand the content, to share the content, and on and on we can go. And all of that means that we simply just can't be okay with a, a weird 
somewhat inconsistent, sporadic reading experience. We want to be consistent, reliable, dedicated, a nice, well-oiled machine that keeps going and going and going when we think about our Bible reading strategy. Another thing to think about is one of the ways that we do overthink Bible reading plans is by thinking that every single Bible reading plan must be a Genesis through Revelation reading plan. In other words, we make the mistake of thinking that every Bible reading plan is supposed to be a method of reading every single book in the Bible. And while I think that it is important that we do that every single year, just because it's just good, it's just a good idea, it's just a good approach, we shouldn't think that the goal every year is to just simply read every book of the Bible, as if that somehow is going to, in and of itself, be enough for us or be, or be uh, substantial enough in our lives. But rather than taking the either-or approach, I want to encourage you to take the both-and approach, because while it is not necessary that we only read the Bible cover to cover every year. It's also not necessary that we say, since it's not necessary, maybe it's not worth even doing. Let's have a both and approach. And what that means is we don't have to limit ourselves to just simply choosing a plan that is a Genesis through Revelation type plan. Instead, we can approach one plan, which is a read-through of the Bible, and another plan, which might be something entirely different. I think that we should really spread ourselves out in a few different directions, because when you think about the Bible itself, especially the genres of the Bible, it's a different way of reading. It's a different way of reading poetry and symbolism compared to narratives or New Testament letters that are quite instructive. There's a different approach to reading the Bible because the Bible is unique in its own character. And likewise, our reading experience should be different. That's one of the reasons why the somewhat complicated Bible reading plans that you might see that one day you might be reading eight verses out of a particular book and then two chapters out of another book, and you're reading six, seven different books of the Bible, or reading in six or seven different books of the Bible every year, that tends to get a little confusing for people because it's a hard plan to follow. But I think one of the strengths of those kind of plans, maybe you haven't seen these, but a lot of times I have people on my Facebook friends, for instance, that share the readings for their Bible reading plan every single day. And sometimes it's a bit strange to look at because it'll be six different books of the Bible, but instead of just a chapter, something that's easier to to kind of digest, there's like eight or nine verses in a particular book, and then it moves to the next one. And while that is confusing, one of the strengths of it is that I think those plans, what they're trying to do is to make you exposed to all the different genres that are found in the Bible each and every day that you read it. And I think that's commendable. I think that's good. But I think that there's a better way than just choosing a plan that tries to tackle everything 
Instead of doing that, choose a few different plans that have different purposes, different goals, and then you're going to be well-fed, spiritually speaking, in your reading experience each and every day. So what is my Bible reading plan strategy for this year? Well, it is four different plans that I am starting today. Well, the time of this release, it's really January 2nd, but at the time of this recording, today is January 1st. So today, starting these plans, I'm going to be working all the way through December 31st, Lord willing, if I have this whole year on this earth. That is my intent to finish all four of these. So I want to share them with you, and I want to tell you why I'm doing each one, and I want to encourage you to join alongside me in any of these four that sound the most interesting to you. So here's what I am doing. First up is the King James Version reading plan. Now, this is not one that I personally have found available online. A lot of times people go on the U version, which is, I think, the most popular Bible audio or digital Bible app that you can find anywhere, whether you have iPhone or Android. They have, I think, probably thousands of different reading plans, uh, but I haven't seen this one on here. And that's because this reading plan comes out of my 1611 edition of the King James Bible. And this is different from a typical 1611 edition. This is actually a 400th anniversary edition released in 2011 by Hendrickson Bible Publishers. And it is a facsimile of the original 1611. So you have really beautiful pages that have the old English uh, writing style, as well as kind of that unique font. Um, one of the things that I really like about this book is the use of Roman numerals, which kind of, especially if you've been out of school for any amount of time, uh, you're soon reminded of how much you need to polish up on your Roman numerals. And while it might seem easy, think about once you get to a book like the Psalms, when you're in the hundreds and you're trying to figure out what the L's and the C's and everything else means when you're trying to keep count of what psalm you're actually reading. Uh, but anyways, the actual reading plan on this is cool because when you are in the the first few pages of this book, you have a reading plan for each month of the year. I'll post a picture of this on the uh, written version of this that you can find on the website. By the way, I talk about this quite a bit, but please take advantage of checking out the show notes on all of the podcast episodes because you'll be able to see more things. Well, you'll be able to see way more than you can hear because you're just listening to a podcast recording, but you'll be able to see uh, links to articles that are referenced. You'll be able to see pictures, in this case, of the reading plan and other unique things that are only available by actually checking out the show notes of each of these recordings. Uh, so you can find this particular one by going to betterbiblereading.com forward slash episode 4040. So when you turn to, for instance, January, you have a grid, and 
January 1st shows Genesis for your morning reading, Genesis 17 and Romans chapter 2. And then your evening readings, Deuteronomy 30 and Colossians 2. Now, I will say that those seem like kind of a strange place to start because they are obviously not chapter one of each of those books. And for whatever reason, the uh, writers of the um, reading plan for the King James Bible 1611 edition uh, wanted to start out in a different place. Uh, But once you get to January 2nd, then you will see that it changes because January 2nd is a little more what you can expect for the other days. So I, I guess January 1st is just a unique uh, survey of, of four different chapters in the Bible. But for instance, January 2nd would be your two morning readings are Genesis 1 and Matthew 1. And then your evening reading is Genesis 2 and Romans 1. And then it continues the next day right where you left off. So the next day would be morning reading Genesis 3 and Matthew 2, and then evening Genesis 4 and Romans 2. So it just keeps going, working your way through those books of the Bible. So it's a really cool way to read the Bible because it breaks it up into morning and evening. And the way that they actually title it is morning prayer and evening prayer. So I think since this is kind of a, a King James um, church in England format, so think of modern day Anglicanism or Episcopalianism, that these are supposed to be kind of prayerfully approached or even approached in terms of lessons for the day. So I like that because it's a bit of a devotional approach to the Bible, but instead of just reading like a devotion book that somebody has authored, you're reading chapters in the Bible. And it's very easy to follow because it's just chapters. You're reading chapters every day. Um, And by the way, in addition to the morning readings and the evening readings, you also have off to the side psalms for each day. Now, this is where the reading plan gets a little intense because while you don't have to do it this way, the writers also intend readers to read through all 150 psalms every single month. That might sound a bit daunting to you. It actually does to me, because that means you're reading five psalms every day. Now, that's not a big deal, but for me, I'm going to be doing three other reading plans in addition to this, so I might not be doing the psalms at least all 150 every single month, but you can choose select psalms from the readings if you so choose, and there's also another chart off on another page that tells you for each day of the month which psalms correspond to that day. So it's a little bit of like a grid system, um, and they're all in Roman numerals, and they're all very small font. So sometimes it is a little difficult to figure out which readings correspond each day once you get into those higher chapter numbers, especially when you read the prophets like Isaiah, Ezekiel. Sometimes it's hard to really figure out what the abbreviations in the Roman numerals are. But that's a really good read because you can read through the King James Version in Old English, and it just does you some good to really think through. Because when you read a version like the King James Version, it's very archaic language, still English, but very archaic. 
you have to read slowly and you have to think through each and every sentence because it's not written in that modern way of speech that we're so accustomed to. And while that could be a reading obstacle to some people, I find it as a strength because it causes me to make sure that I am reading comprehensively. I'm practicing reading comprehension. I'm not just letting the words pass through my eyes as I read from line to line. I'm actually thinking about what's being said because I'm trying to understand a more archaic way of speech. So there's the first reading plan. Second one is quite different because the second one is the ESV Reader's Bible reading plan. I'm not even sure if that's the way that you say it, but it is a reading plan that you complete by using the ESV Reader's Bible. In my case, what I have is a six-volume set of the ESV Reader's Bible. Each one of those volumes is a different genre of the Bible, and these are, I mean, you really need to invest the, the money into getting one of these. You can get it in three different ways. You can do paperback, hardcover, and leather-bound volumes. Um, I'm pretty sure that the paperback ones are $40 for the entire set. The hardcover ones are $100, and then the leather-bound ones are like $200. They're like calfskin. Anyways, they're really cool because what these readers' Bibles do is they divide each genre into its own volume. So, for example, you have the Pentateuch in the first volume, the first five books of the Bible. Then you have the writings, which is Joshua all the way through Esther. Then you have the more like poetry, which would be the wisdom literature of the Bible. Then you have the prophets. Then you have the New Testament gospels in the book of Acts in one volume. And then you have all the New Testament letters in a volume. So what is the purpose of doing this? Well, first of all, one of the things that's really cool is that the pages are thick. They're, it's like reading a novel. It's like reading any other book that you would buy at the store. You don't have the paper-thin pages like Bibles have, because Bibles are fitting a lot of text into one volume. Well, this is getting around that issue. So you have thicker pages, but the most unique thing about the ESV Reader's Bible is that the headings, the chapter numbers in most cases, the verse numbers, the little letters for footnotes and everything else, all of that is taken away. You have just the text of the Bible for whatever book you're reading. So what this does is it gives you a distraction-free reading experience. Sometimes we get totally distracted by all of our highlights, underlines, margin notes, or if we have like a study Bible that has a lot of features, then we can just kind of get pulled away from what the most important thing is, and that is the actual text of the Bible. And so this is really cool. It's a step in a different direction from that King James Version reading plan, because this reading plan, instead of telling you how many chapters to read or telling you which verses to read, you can download the reading plan 
from Crossway, who's the publisher of the ESV Bible. You can download the reading plan from them online, and it tells you how many pages to read. And each one corresponds to what day of the month you're in. So, for instance, it will tell you, and this one is a Genesis 2 revelation. So, unlike the King James plan that has you reading in a couple different books every day, you're reading a chapter in each of those books, this one will start in Genesis, end in Revelation, and it will just tell you how many pages to read in that volume. When you complete the volume, you move to the next one, you keep on going all the way through to the end. And it's really cool to read it that way because you can read the Bible as the text being the controlling narrative and vying for your full attention. You don't get distracted with footnotes. You don't get distracted with verse numbers. You don't get distracted with subheadings. You're just reading the text of the Bible. And it's really cool because this way you find yourself reading full books of the Bible. Of course, if you wanted to, you could do this with any book, but Depending on the length of the book, it's going to take longer. For like Genesis, for instance, has 50 chapters. It's going to take you a while to read through that. But you can read through Galatians. You can read through Romans all in one sitting. Even the book of Revelation you can read through in one sitting. And you'll find yourself impressed with how much you're able to retain and how different of a reading experience it actually is when you read the Bible in this way. So that one's a really cool plan. That's my second one that I'm doing And here are the last two. Number three is not really an official plan per se. It's kind of my own approach, but it's not something that I've invented either. Many people have done this before, but it is a reverse reading plan. And I'm doing this in my Reformation Study Bible. It is the New King James Version. And I'm doing this plan starting in the book of Revelation and ending in the book of Genesis. This is kind of a unique thing, and people do this uh, one of two ways. I do know that some people will actually start in the last chapter of Revelation, start in Revelation chapter 22, and read backwards. Now, obviously, you're not going to start at the last word of the last chapter and read right to left, but Some people do approach it that way. I'm not going to do that because I do want to read through the flow of each book, but I thought it would be cool because most reading plans, you start at Genesis, you end in Revelation, and that really means that you're interacting with the Old Testament one time a year and the New Testament one time a year. I thought it would be cool because since this is overlapping with my other reading plans, This is going to allow me to start in the New Testament, end in the Old, as I'm starting in the Old and ending in the New in the other ones. So that's just going to give me an opportunity to kind of supplement what I'm doing in each one. The way I'm doing this is pretty basic, because what I'm doing is I'm starting in Revelation chapter 1, and reading through Revelation, and then I'll go to the book before, which is Jude, only one chapter there, read that, and keep that same process going. So I am going to end the year finishing Genesis, and I won't end the year in Genesis 1. I will end the year in Genesis 50, the final chapter of Genesis, because remember, I'm starting at the beginning of each book. It's just that I'm moving backwards now, 
Again, some people like to start in the last chapter of each book and work their way backwards. I'm not going to do that, but I totally understand why some people would do that. But it's fairly straightforward how you do this because you just go by the math. There's 929 chapters of the Bible from cover to cover. Divide that by 365, you end up with about two and a half chapters per day. So you kind of decide, you can either just say, I'm going to be ahead of the game, read three chapters a day, and you'll know that you'll definitely finish in time. Or you can take that two and a half concept, read two chapters some days, three chapters some days, or you can try to divide it in half if you wanted to. Some chapters that's easier to do than others. So I think for me, the way I'm going to do it, primarily is just by doing three chapters each day. And that will certainly allow me a little bit of flex in there, uh, but enough time to finish this read through by the end of the year as well. So that's my first three. And the last one is unique because those first three you'll notice are fairly straightforward. The ESV Reader's Bible starts me in Genesis and ends in Revelation. The reverse plan I'm doing in my in my New King James Reformation Study Bible is starting me in Revelation and ending in Genesis. And then the first plan I mentioned, my King James Version reading plan, is letting me read multiple chapters in both the Old and the New Testament each and every day. So that one is cool because that one does a little bit of both every day. So all three of those are giving me a completed read-through of the Bible every year. This last plan is different. This last plan is not. And remember, like I said, you don't have to read through the Bible cover to cover to qualify as a reading plan. This one is not a full read-through of the Bible. Instead, it is more of an in-depth time of reading. And this one is in a fourth Bible. This is a different Bible from the other three I mentioned. This is my ESV Bible, but it is my wide-margin Bible. Wide-margin Bibles are not as popular as other types of Bibles, but I think they're growing in popularity. I at least know that journaling Bibles are growing in popularity, and this is similar to a journaling Bible, except it doesn't have the lines off to the side margins. Instead, you just have blank space. I prefer blank space because then you can decide how much you want to fit in any given spot. But what this does, it basically allows you to create your own study Bible, And instead of reading the notes of somebody else, you can read your own notes. You can develop whatever kind of system you want. And because you're the one making the notes, writing, underlining, highlighting, you can literally see your progress. You can see what books you have spent a fair amount of time in and which books you haven't touched. And that helps you because it is a very clear evidential way for you to track your progress, at least in the kind of reading that I would call active reading, the kind of reading where you're interacting with the text, making notes, and approaching things in more of an active way. Now, I've had my wide margin Bible since 2015. 
So I'm entering in my sixth year of having this bow. I've had it for five solid years. And now I'm able to look back and see which books I have spent a lot of time in. And the way that I can see that is just simply by seeing how many notes, highlights, underlines. And that's just the way you do it. I can see I've spent a lot of time in basically every New Testament book with the exception of part of the book of Acts and the gospel of Luke. I can look in the New Testament. See, I've spent a lot of time in Genesis, spent time in half of Leviticus, all of Exodus, most of Joshua. But there are some books that I haven't spent as much time in, and that's just evidenced by the fact that there's no notes in those books. So this particular reading plan does not necessarily have a deadline per se, but what I have done is I have selected the books that do not have as much interaction in them. And I'm going to make it a point to take six books that I have yet to interact with and give myself two months in each of those books to finish out by the end of the year. I still have a couple left, but I want to take my time working through these books slowly, making notes, asking questions, thinking through everything. And the way I'm going to do that is by giving myself a solid two months in each of those books. And then by the end of the year, that'll be six more books that I will have kind of tackled in a more in-depth way. It's not going to be anything like writing a full commentary or writing long meditations because these are just notes, right? There's only so much room on each page, but at least I know that I've dealt with that book of a Bi- of the Bible in an active way by actually interacting with the text. So there should be a big looming question when you've heard me mention these four reading strategies, these four Bible reading plans that I'm going to be following for this year. And the question, of course, is, is this doable? Is this even possible? Is this biting off more than I can chew? Because obviously my life consists of more than completing these reading plans. I've shared before, I'm a full-time theology student. I do preach and teach on a semi-regular basis at my church. I have other things going on. I'm a husband. I'm a father, right? There's so many different things that we all have going on in our lives. Is this too aggressive of an approach to reading the Bible? And I want to just say very profoundly and perhaps even controversially, no, this is certainly not too much. Now, we'll say this for comparison. I know of people who do 90-day Bible reading plans. They read through the Bible every 90 days. I even know of some, uh, some well, I, sh- I shouldn't say some people, but I at least know of one guy for sure that reads the Bible seven times a year. Now, is this crazy? Well, it's not. And in fact, if you go back to an article I wrote, the very first article on the BetterBibleReading.com website, it is the six essential steps of Bible reading. 
and I break down the simple math of reading the Bible. The consolidated version of that is this, that if you take the average reading speed, which is about 250 words a minute, you'll discover that the entire Bible can be read every year at only eight and a half minutes of reading per day. Now, let's be a little fair because people, not everybody has an average reading speed. That's why it's an average reading speed. So let's be a little more generous. Let's give ourselves 10 minutes a day to read. Extra minute and a half for each day. I don't even know how many extra minutes that is. If you multiply that for 365 days in a year, but let's just say on average, 10 minutes of reading per day, you'll read the entire Bible. Now, if you know anything about my view on this, it is that 10 minutes a day is good, but I think out of 24 hours each day, we should have an hour devoted to reading our Bibles. Now, you can do this different ways. You don't have to do one solid hour. You can do two 30-minute blocks, three 20-minute blocks, four 15-minute blocks, however you want to do it. But regardless, an hour is not out of the question, especially when we take an assessment of what our days consist of. Divide it however many times you need, even six 10-minute sessions but you can do this. It is absolutely doable. And you do the math of one hour, giving yourself a total of seven times you could read the Bible in a year, just to be fair with all the different reading speeds that people have. So what does that translate to? Well, that translates to the guy that I mentioned that does read his Bible seven times a year. You can see that he can do that. If he reads an hour every day, he can read his Bible seven times a year. And he's a minister, so I know he has even more than just one hour to read his Bible every day. So he's not only doing seven read-throughs, he's doing much more than that in terms of studying and sermon preparation and all that. So what does that mean to us? Well, it means that we could read the Bible seven times in a year, but at the very least, it means that we can do something similar to what I'm doing, which is three times reading through the entire Bible and one particular time that is uh, more of a unique read in specific books, six specific, try to say that fast, six specific books of the Bible that I'm reading through from January to December on that wide margin note-taking Bible that I have. So this is very doable. If I have an average reading speed, that means that I can complete three of those reading plans just at 30 minutes a day. If I do three 10-minute sessions scattered throughout the day, I can very easily accomplish this. So I don't want to say that the only way that you can join alongside me is if you do all these reading plans, but I do want to show you that I'm not doing something crazy here. I'm doing something that's even a, a little bit uh, modest or a little bit moderate of what is capable of all of us with an average reading speed and an hour to spare every day of this year. 
So join alongside me in whatever plan sounds most exciting to you or most unique to you. Obviously, you can go anywhere on the internet to find reading plans, but this is just a unique way that I want to start the year off by doing something a little interactive. So I want to invite you to go to two places. You can go to the show notes of this page, betterbiblereading.com forward slash episode 40. Or you can go to betterbiblereading.com forward slash Bible reading plan. And either one of those links, you'll be able to come alongside me, join alongside me in these reading plans starting today and ending at the end of the year. And we will be able to complete the Bible together. So thanks for listening to this episode. And I hope that you are if nothing else, encourage to really approach your reading of the Bible very optimistically because the lowest of the low is to read our Bibles from cover to cover in terms of what's possible. Not in terms of what's commendable, not in terms of what's important, but in terms of what is possible of us as readers. And in my view, we set the bar too low when we just want to worry about completing a read-through of the Bible. We can do much more than that, and I want to invite you to do that. And one of the ways you can is by picking one of these plans and reading it just as I will be through this year. So thanks for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoy your year. I hope it is a good and fruitful one for you. And I hope you'll take advantage of all that I have mentioned on this episode. And stay tuned for another episode next week on the Better Bible Reading Podcast. Take care.